Mark chapter 1, verse 40. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town when was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for your word given to us. God, we pray that your word would be spoken to us. God, we pray that our hearts would be soft and open, that our ears would be ready to to listen. God, we pray not just for the help to hear with our physical ears, but God, we pray that the word would truly penetrate our hearts. We know that we, we need the help of the Holy Spirit in this, and God, we, we are so grateful that you are present with your people when your word is spoken. Father, help me to speak with your word and not against or around it, that you would be worshiped and honored. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, this, this story is one that appears in, in multiple Gospels. Um, Jesus is out and about and it has just, we've seen a series of stories where Jesus has demonstrated his authority and his power. And this story involves both of those things, both power and authority, to deal with the thing that this man is bringing him. Uh, leprosy is a word that covers a range of, of possible skin conditions. So a lot of times when you hear the word leprosy, you think the, the terrible skin condition that um, caused people's you know, digits to fall off or their skin to, to decompose. And, it could be referring to something as serious as that, though we're not sure that that kind of leprosy was in the ancient Near East at this point. Um, it could be something as minor as, as minor skin lesions. Whatever it is, this skin condition that he has, this man has this leprous title. He's a, he is a leper. And because of the Mosaic law and the, the laws about cleanliness and ritual purity, this man is required to live away from others. He's required to live a certain distance, and anywhere he goes that might be near people who are clean, he has to publicly identify himself as unclean so that nobody gets too close to him and accidentally bumps into him and themselves become unclean because that's how it works. If anybody touches this man who is unclean, they immediately themselves become unclean. And this is, this is not so much a, a hygiene issue, although of course there's hygiene benefits to not touching somebody with a skin disease. This is an issue of ritual purity. 
that Israel in the law is constantly being reminded that they are not to treat God as if he is just like another person, but they have to themselves be purified and in good standing to stay before God. He is ritually unclean, and nobody wants to touch him and be made ritually unclean as well. And so what this guy does in approaching Jesus in this way is, is no little scandal. Jesus has already uh, acquired for himself a kind of reputation as a prophet, a teacher, as a miracle worker. So he's kind of this holy one, this holy figure in the middle of where this guy is, is living, and he runs to Jesus with no recorded announcement of his unclean status, but he, he's totally honest with Jesus and, and demonstrates, probably points to his, his leprosy, whatever it might look like, and he says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And of course, there is, there is this question of Jesus' willingness that is central to this man's run. I can, I can get this far, I can carry my own legs close to you, but the question is, are you willing to deal with my own impurity and uncleanness? And this happens to us. We, we are familiar with this kind of question. It's, a, it's an incredibly normal, incredibly human question The question of other people's willingness to deal with your own blemishes. And this kind of skin condition happened to him. This is not something, we have no indication that this guy has sinned. And that God has cursed him with leprosy because of his sin. That's not what is apparent. Does that happen? Yes. Does that happen in Scripture? It does. God does curse people, judge people. In in some ways, it manifests as leprosy. But the vast majority of times, the law is describing things that are not your fault that make you unclean. They They are the ordinary circumstances of life that make you unclean. This man is a leper not by his own choice. And we all live under the burden of living in a world where things happen to us, are done to us, that are not our choice, that bring us to this place of questioning, would you possibly be willing to deal with my own uncleanness? And there's a, a range of ways of, that that happens. It, it can be as, as simple and mundane and, and so painful as just the quirks of your own personality. I appear to be a remarkably strange person in other people's eyes. Are you willing to deal with my own inability to fit squarely in the normal social protocols? Would you be willing to deal with me? It can be as things as, as awful and horrific as abuse. People who are abused as as children or as adults have done nothing wrong. They they are themselves victims. And often by people who appear to be good and appear to be decent, often appear to be church people, people like that put their hands on children, put their hands on people, and deeply, deeply disfigure them within. Or so they believe. 
The, the people, people who suffer under the hands of abuse will often say, I feel so dirty. I feel so unclean. And it is not your fault. Nothing has been done by your own will. And in fact, to explain this sense of dirtiness and and of shame, victims will often plead with themselves or, or try to convince themselves that they, for some reason, actually are somewhat responsible for their own abuse. In some ways, it kind of is my fault that an adult would violate me like this. And it's not... It's not your fault. It would be more explainable if it was, but it's not. It's this awful, seemingly random, destructive nature of the world that's around us, and it's fallen on your head, and it has made you feel deeply unclean. And so you do what a leper would do. You isolate yourself. You may relationally isolate yourself, cut off deep and intimate relationships, you have no real friends at all. Or you construct for yourself an isolation that nobody even sees. You pretend to be just like everybody else, to be deep friends with other people, and you never tell anyone the darkest secret of your life because you feel the weight of your own uncleanliness. And rattling around in the middle of that shame and destructive isolation is the question, are you willing? Are you willing to deal with me? Such is the power of those things that can happen to you that you may be defined by that question and never ever be able to get it out of your mouth. It strangles you in the grips of shame and isolation, the destructiveness of an act echoing down through the story of your life. This is something that happens to this man. But the the law of Moses, the law of ritual cleanliness, speaks to these things that that are not your fault, that are not a result of sin, that you've done nothing wrong and happened to you. And, and, and it is not meant to always tell you that you have sinned. However, when you are ritually unclean, when Israel is constantly dealing with the burdens of ritual cleanliness or uncleanliness, they also are being reminded of the realities of sin. That even if their particular uncleanliness in that moment is not this time as a result of their sin, sin does make them unclean. So there's overlap in the law between ritual uncleanliness and the uncleanliness of sin. So when Israel enters into an unclean state and are analyzing what has caused them to be unclean, they are being reminded that they need to be cleaned and cleansed by God. And so the truth is about uncleanliness is that it often does result from sin. 
This man's leprosy was likely not from sin, but uncleanliness often does proceed from sin. And sin works precisely this way. Sin that's not just done to you, but sin that flows out of you. Not just the sin that happens to you, but the sin that you perpetuate, that you contribute to. Sin has this same result, whether you are a victim of it or a contributor to it. If you are in the grips of sin, sin will inevitably work to isolate you and to cut you off from others. This is the kind of pathology of sin, is that it results, as, as Augustine and others have talked about, of a, of a curving in of yourself, a focusing of yourself, a self-obsession. And, and all of your sin works this way. All of my sin works this way. There is no sin that results ultimately in you being an outward-facing, charitable, community-oriented person. Sin results in a defense of your own personal kingdom, your own personal reign and rule. If you are an angry person, if you lose your temper, if you are prone to this, as I am, your anger is not going to result in one day you being more deeply connected. It will result in your being consumed by anger and you burning every bridge around you and you self-immolating, setting yourself on fire in the rage that constantly consumes you. If you are a person who struggles with lust, otherwise known as a human being, your lust, your sexual desire, uncontrolled and untamed, does not result in you being an intimately connected, self-giving person. It, it results in you being a bottomless pit of desire who can never be fulfilled or satisfied by anyone. And so the bridges are burned around you and you, you are on fire with your own lust all alone. If you are given to controlling your world to demanding security of your world. You cannot put your security in the hands of another. You do not trust anyone. And so you cling tightly and more tightly and more tightly. So the boa constrictor of control leaves you alone in its coils, choking you to death. Sin does this to you. And sin is going to aim for this outcome 100% of the time. The sin that you are becoming comfortable with is not comfortable with you. The sin that you control, that you think you control, is not seeking to be controlled by you. Sin is coming to control, to dominate, and to destroy you in isolation, in darkness, and in shame. And when you are in the grips of sin, when you actually know it, when you can actually see it and you can actually feel it, you feel the same kinds of things that the person who has been sinned against feels. You feel so dirty and in the dark. 
that you would do your very best to let no one see. You would hide in the shadow of unknowing. Some part of you begging to ask the question, are you willing to deal with me? But too terrified to actually say it. And this is how people die in sin. Make no mistake, this leper's condition is familiar to you. It is familiar to me. And Jesus' response is so instructive. Jesus, who is well familiar with the law, Jesus' response is first to touch this man. At the heart of this man's question is, are you willing to deal with this right here? And Jesus grabs him. This man has not been willingly touched by anyone for quite some time. Everybody has done their very best to stay far, far away from him because the answer on everybody else's lips is no. I am not willing because your uncleanness will make me unclean. And Jesus is not like anybody else. He is not afraid of this man's ritual uncleanness. He is totally secure in his own perpetual ritual purity. And for Jesus, this dynamic is flipped. So that the clean Jesus touches the unclean leper. And he is made clean. Jesus tells him, go be examined by the priests. Go let them verify. Go be reintroduced to the community. Be reintegrated into life with other people. Go experience a life of being touched and walking down the streets without having to scream your unclean state. Go be verified as being clean. I have given you my cleanliness. And the man promptly disobeys what Jesus tells him to do. He, Jesus says, tell no one. He tells everyone. Everybody pushes Jesus out into the wilderness. Because they're astonished by what Jesus has done. When you begin to ask this question, are you willing? What you need to understand is, Jesus will put his hands on you. The, the thing that begs this question in you. It is right there that Jesus will go to touch. Jesus sees the spot on you that brings you into this kind of questioning insecurity, this well, this pit of shame. Whether it has been done to you or whether you have done what is necessary to grow it. And Jesus will put his hands right there and tell you what he has told this man. I, I am willing. I am willing. 
Now, the question then is pushed back to you by the text. And this is a question that Jesus will ask people who he heals regularly in the Gospels. The question is, are you willing? Do you want me to do this? Do you want to be healed? At times when you read these stories in the Gospels, and Jesus is asking these people who are paralytic or they're blind or whatever, and they're, he's saying, like, what do you want? Or, or do you, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to do this? You, you read it as an outside reader, and by instinct you think, of, of course they want to be healed. That's why they're there. Who wouldn't want to be healed by these things? But you and I know that it is not quite so simple. Do you want to be healed? Do you want Jesus to put his hands right there? Now, this can look different as you ask this question of yourself. Some people, you, may be so deeply ashamed that you are afraid of even being known right here. That though these are the healing hands of your maker. You say it would hurt too bad to have any touch right here. Do, do you trust him to touch you right there? Right on that state of your soul. Right in that spot that is the most open, the most broken where all those wounds have been, do you trust him to touch right there? Will he be gentle enough with you? Will he be good enough to you? For some people, it doesn't feel like that. They're, they're tired. You may be tired of feeling shame. Because shame is awful. Nobody likes it. You're not supposed to like it. It's terrible. And so the, the response, the easiest strategy is, what if I just don't feel shame about it? <laughs> what if I just say, I'm not going to be ashamed about this thing anymore. This thing that is sin, that God tells me is sin, that other people have told me is sin. What if I just decide, actually, that's not sin. That's part of me, and I'm beautiful. You should love me. For who I am. So when you are walking down the street and you are shouting, unclean, unclean, you're not saying, unclean, I'm gross, stay away from me. You're saying, this is me, I am unclean, isn't it great? And so when you run to Jesus, you're happy to see him, you're happy to put his hands on you anywhere except there, because I am not going to change this about me. I actually prefer to be a, a, a sarcastic, dominating, scary person. I, I prefer, actually, to let leash my temper, to, to be more efficient, to achieve the outcomes that I want, to be successful. So Jesus can touch anything on me, but he won't touch that about me because I don't even feel unclean about that. And so there, there is, there should be a question in you, will Jesus be willing? But actually the question is, will you do everything except that? So when Jesus asks this question back to you, 
are you willing? It is a live question for you. Are you willing for this Jesus to touch you, to dress you, to meet you precisely where you need as He decides and not you? And here, everything hangs in the balance. Jesus is willing. Jesus is good. Jesus is merciful and kind and gentle. He sees everything that has been done to you. He sees the things about you that you have done that you don't even see yet. He sees you exactly as you are. And he does not maintain distance from you. He does not stay away from you. He runs to you precisely because you are so trapped by these powers of sin and death that want to kill you. There is no hesitation in him at all. Are you willing do you want this Jesus to be good to you? Because if you say no, he will not force his hands on you. He will let you continue to reject him again and again and again. He will keep coming after you. He will keep following after you. He'll keep coming close to you. And he will ask you this question again and again and again. Are you willing? Are you willing? And you have to respond to him and say yes. You have to respond to him and trust that he will be this good to you even in the places that you dread to be known and to be touched and to be healed. You have to answer the question. I don't know the state in which you came in to hear. I do know that whatever marks you, that whatever you feel makes you unclean or unholy, Jesus is not scared of. There is nothing on the list. There is nothing that you could tell him that, one, he does not already know, and two, that would defeat him in his own goodness, his holiness, his cleanness. He is not afraid of you. He is not afraid of anything that has terrorized you. He is not afraid of anything that you can bring him. If you are here today and you are feeling this question, are you willing? Jesus is willing. He has given you this story. He has sent me here today to tell you he is willing. He is present. He is ready. He is ready to come to you in the darkness of your sin and the darkness of sin done to you. And if you are here today and you have been abused, you have been violated, you have been slimed by the darkness of this world, 
You do not have to be defined by that anymore. The security that all of those dark stories have given you, because at least they're a story that you know and control and can be in charge of, Jesus can take that from you. And he can work in you in healing and in good so that you can one day be a person who's not cut off from everybody else, but is instead deeply connected to other people and so secure in his love and his healing that you can open up the doors of your heart so that other people in the name of Jesus can say, I see that thing that has happened to you and I love you. You are my brother and my sister. That world is available to you today. Do you want him to heal you? And if you are here today and you have been hiding in sin, maybe you've been hiding shamefully. You, you keep secret the dark things that you do or think at night. You, you keep the habits of your thoughts that are the worst things about you. You have hidden them so deeply. Today, Jesus sees those things. He is willing to confront and to heal, to forgive, to restore you in those things that he's already known about anyway. And the question for you is, are you willing and you may be here today, instead of hiding in shame, you have constructed for yourself an inconquerable castle of self-assurance. I will decide, and Jesus can touch everything but this. I will get to control this thing. Jesus sees your pitiful defenses against him. He is not afraid of your defenses. He can crack open that case of self-protection and self-justification and he can deal with you in your sin and make you right and clean now and forever. He is willing. Are you willing? The resurrected Son of God loves dirty, leprous, outcast people. He loves you. He is here with you and for you that you might be forgiven and cleansed. He is ready and willing to do this with and for you now and every day of your life. The question is, are you willing for him to do it with you? Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for your word, we thank you for this word, the word of Jesus' deliverance of us. God, we thank you that there is nothing that we can push towards you, anything that's been done to us or anything that we would do ourselves that you are afraid of, that you cannot handle. And God, I pray for people who are buried under an avalanche of shame because of things done to them or things that they themselves have done and God, I pray that you will, you will make clear to them in their hearts, in their minds, that they are not so far buried that you cannot get to them. That you are ready, you are willing. And Father, I pray for exposure. The thing that terrifies most of all, I pray for exposure before you. And they will find you to be the safest, best person in the history of the universe. And they will find themselves free from those things. 
God, I pray for the person who is here, who has decided they, they hate shame so much, they'll put away the feelings of shame over their sin and instead build barriers, construct castles around it, and refuse to be rescued out of it. God, today I pray that they would know that the feeling of being freed in Christ is better than the awful torments of shame and better than their awful self-rule, which will surely result in their death. Father, I thank you that you are who you are now and always, faithful to the end, gentle and kind, coming to cleanse and to heal your people. Father, I pray that we would hear this question, are we willing? God, I pray that by the power of your Spirit, we would be able to, to leap to say yes. Or if that's not possible to leap, to barely be able to whisper, we hope to believe. And that you would rescue us. We are your people forever in need of your power and your mercy. And we thank you that there's enough in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.